Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I had a Cool Herc moment one time. I seen Cool Herc in the low east side in Manhattan. And um, it's raining outside. He's like this big dude. If you ever seen Cool Herc, he's like six something, brolic. He's walking away. He dissed me or something. And I was like, yo, but, but what about the culture? As he's walking away, he turns around and he looks at me. He goes, man, fuck the culture. I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. That was the illest shit I ever did. Nigga that invented the culture. Said, fuck hey, the he's culture. like, fuck the culture. The culture ain't paid me for shit. I'm starving out here. Fuck the culture. Uh-oh, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. There it is, everybody. Welcome to another exceptional episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep, we spelunk into the world of black conspiracy theories, and we work to prove that Tia and Tamara are not identical twins. We all know which one is objectively cuter than the other, and the answer is Taj. Taj Maori is the cutest of those three. It's un- it's not even a debate. He's gorgeous. Sure, he's in his 30s and he didn't get any bigger than he used to be as a child, but that boy is cute. He's a cutie pie and it needs to be heard. It needs to be said. It needs to be announced. I'm coming in hot today, baby. I'm feeling good. I'm taking down the, the Maori twins for some reason. I don't know what my agenda is. I'm your host, Langston Kerman, as always. I'm excited to 
to be here. I'm having a phenomenal day. There's apparently a new white woman out here pretending to be a black lady, and I'm excited about it. Her name is Jessica Krug, and she's Rachel Dolezal, and, and we needed this, I think. We needed to re-up on Rachel. Rachel had sort of fallen to the wayside, and we forgot that Rachel was a problem, but here comes Jessica Krug, who worked her way up to become a, a professor in African-American studies somewhere in Kansas. Good for her and good for us. We got something to be mad about and I love it. You know who's never mad is my guest today. I can say that with almost certainty. He's never mad. He's one of the most positive, uplifting humans that I've ever had the pleasure of interacting with. On top of that, he's funny as shit goddamn hysterical you know him from comedy central you know him from amazon you know him as the bronx whisperer the man that lets you know what the fuck is happening in the bx he's still alive and he wanted me to let you know give it up for my guest mr Petey diabru yo 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 <laughs> yo shout out to all of everybody in attendance <laughs> hell yeah they're ready they're excited you're here Thanks for having me, yo. You know what I'm saying? It's real professional. I like to be involved with professional things. You feel me? That's right. How you living, man? I'm doing good, brother. You know, I'm just out here surviving, man. Trying to avoid these droplets, you know. Now I got to go into a whole nother bag now. You feel me? Right. (laughs) I got to go perform in somebody's driveway. Otherwise, I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do. I was in a public park yesterday performing by like a public pool. The pool was closed, but... (laughs) It was like seven people in the audience. There was like yeah. 20 people like far right doing yoga. There was like, you know what I mean? 20 yeah. more people on the other side doing yoga. And I'm talking about like, yo, man, I'm just happy to be here. I'm talking about the homeless <laughs> dude asking me for money on the train with no mask on. I'm like, nigga, I ain't going to pay you for the Rona. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. I mean, listen, listen, if you're going to give it to me, give it to me for free. I'm not about to tip. You know what I'm the biggest that's the biggest sucker move uh, you give you paying for some shit that's free right come on brother let me get <laughs> let me get a dollar so i can give you a disease that's gonna ruin your life i wasn't gonna go outside until they started killing when they started killing black people when they was like they kept yeah. killing us i was like fuck it man the cops gonna kill me the guy don't give a fuck about no droplets right fucking, jesus take me nigga jesus right. take me. <laughs> i didn't i was i didn't care i was sad i was like i can't do it i can't I gotta I go did, outside. That's the thing is like once you get people out in the streets enraged, they're not gonna like go back in. You know what I mean? We ain't about to yell about stop murdering us and then follow your your procedures. It's like Yo, no. Can I tell you a conspiracy real quick that I had yeah. just bad random right off the door joint? So you know the six feet shit, right? Dr. Fucci was like six feet. <laughs> Fucci. Right? So peep. <laughs> so peep. So I'm like, yo, who measures the six feet? You feel mm-hmm. me? Because it's like the droplets that spit when you talk, when you sneeze. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. They measuring six feet from like when you talk, right? But like, you know, that's from the white man's lips, though. Sure. So the sure. white man's hold on, lips. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to stop you right so there. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. I'm listening. Go ahead. Right? So the white man, like six feet, boom. But you know, our lips is different. You feel me? Like, oh. we say things, so our spit goes further. You feel me? Yep. So that's how they trying to. I have the numbers crazy in the hood and amongst right. black people because like we use word we say bitch ass like spit <laughs> goes further like when you say bitch ass that's further than six feet bro like 
now you're saying something I'm fascinated by. This is a devastating revelation that I had not considered. You're saying that the way that we speak and the way that black people's mouths are shaped, mm -hmm. in fact, makes it so that our spit flies further than six feet. And like this six feet, feet is merely a protection for the white lip, the mm -hmm. white mouth and its spray. And the white community. Wow. It, listen, if true, that is devastating information. Bro, the and, numbers and... spiked in um, all of the in, the in the hoods. Like it's like so how does shit always only spiking in the hood? What the fuck? Because a bunch of dudes they were still roasting, but from six feet, and they you still bitch caught ass it. nigga. You right. lucky at six feet. You like oh, you got but it. But in fact, he wasn't lucky at all. This motherfucker needed to be eight feet because of them big ass roasting lips. Yo, you know what I'm saying? You bitch ass. That's going across the street. You know yeah. what I mean? That droplet is going. A block away. Damn, this is big. I gotta write a governor, or I don't. I don't. I don't know that I can trust him, but I gotta write somebody that's gonna be able to solve this for me. I want to. He was I, all trusting Fucci, and now Fucci, <laughs> where he at? I'm saying Fucci ain't even on the check in no more. Like a quick check in on Facebook. Not like even, uh, yo, everything hey. good, y'all? Yeah. Right. <laughs> what was that that app where you used to tell people your location for no reason at all? Foursquare. You don't even oh, foursquare yeah. us to be like Dr. Fauci is or Fucci is. <laughs> I love that. I've got him, him under Fucci. pressure, yo. <laughs> it's wild. But ah, I fucking love that conspiracy. But you brought to me a conspiracy that I, we have to jump into it. I don't want to lose any time on this. But you brought to me a conspiracy that I think is equally fascinating and complicated and a lot more philosophical, I think, than any of the other conspiracy theories that we've had on this show. You said, and I want to get this right. My mama told me. Poverty and hard times make everything better. Tell me more. The struggle, man. You know, the, not not the struggle when they say the struggle's real. Because mm -hmm. those people's struggle ain't real. I'm talking about, you know what I'm saying? Struggle. Like, yeah. you, talk, you know how they say hand-me-down clothes? What about hand-me-down struggle, son? Yeah, yeah, From yeah. From generation to generation. Right. You feel me? All right. But it's like, you know, the good stuff come out of the struggle as far as, like, you get crazy results from um, hardships. You know what I'm saying? Like, food type of shit. Like, I don't even like fried chicken if the person who made it never struggled. You feel me? It don't sure. taste the same. There's that restaurant in Brooklyn that everybody who is a gentrifier tells you, Pies and Thighs, where they're like, oh, you got to go to Pies and Thighs because that's the best fried chicken in all of Brooklyn. And it's like, no. Nah. Listen, I'm sure it's fine fried chicken. I'm sure they did their best given their circumstances. But the reality is these are a bunch of uh, trust fund kids who figured out how to fry chicken. But here's the thing, right? I thought about this earlier, too. You can duplicate the results of what come out of the struggle. Mm -hmm. You can't duplicate the struggle. You know right. what I'm saying? You could duplicate the results. Like, they can find some fried chicken and send it to Ancestry.com. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Get all the fucking ingredients back. Get you the DNA. They get the DNA of the, or, or the they get the DNA of the batter. You know what I'm saying? Right. And now they stole the whole bop. You feel me? But they don't know what it's like to to conjure it up from pain. Sure. And we want to like imagine you making chicken, but like not only are you making chicken, you're trying to mean something. Yeah, well, that's the thing is like you can figure out all the things, but part of what made the chicken good was that the grease popped 
and it landed on somebody's skin and it burned a little bit and that skin particle got into the chicken and made it, it gave it personality but you can't you can't do that in a hazmat suit you know what i mean like y'all are showing up and treating this like science when in fact it's a lived experience you know when they and them fry that chicken and they use their fucking fingers in the oil bro yeah you know when they put those fingers in the oil because those fingers been through so much yeah. Fingers want... don't even got feelings on the nerve endings no more. They put it in there. Turn it around, flip it up. I want to taste the lady named Roberta's fingers in my chicken. And if Roberta's fingers ain't in there, it ain't good chicken. Yo, all right. There's a spot in Brooklyn called Brooklyn Soul Food Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Been there since like the 70s. Now that's, yeah. but it's in that's... the middle of Flatbush. You know what I'm saying? You got to go. Right. You, got, you know what I'm saying? You got to go with it. You're not really gentrifying that. You know what I'm saying? Right. You really want the best fried chicken. And to your point, that also is an earned experience. It's a experience that we might say comes with a struggle. You got to get off that train and you got to make a walk through a neighborhood that you may or may not be comfortable in to get to that chicken. You got to be able to order that food, sit down in that place and then get yourself back. That's chicken you've earned. That's chicken that comes with a story. It's not just something that can be mass produced for a bunch of white kids in a new Brooklyn. Or just because it's like sweet chick where it's like, you know, it's fried chicken, but they got 90s hip hop playing. So you feel right. like you've been through some shit. Like you ain't been through nothing, nigga, just because right. you, you paying $20 for a thigh, man. Fuck out of here, man. Bell Biv DeVoe didn't give you the experience. This, this is how just... I know. This how I know if your chicken is legit. Mm-hmm. If people look at me like an alien, if I try to haggle the price of the chicken, I don't mm-hmm. want the chicken there in the first place. <laughs> if there's somebody in line that's like, yeah, that's right, fuck $20 a thigh, that shit is good. It's a good yeah, chicken spot. Yeah, right. Because they know that they probably were going to give you some shitty thigh meat. And uh, it is what it is. Yeah, all right, we'll negotiate. Struggle Let's get seasonings, down. bro. Yeah. Struggle <laughs> season When the sweat, that's the other thing you like. You said the, the skin, but like also sweat. From the struggle yeah. and the pain and the years of suffering that when they in that kitchen and, and mom and them making that chicken and and that little bit of that bead of sweat yeah. drips off from the eyebrow because it flowed down their forehead to their eyebrow drips in the batter. Now you got a whole nother seasoning right there that you can't. <laughs> Mrs. <laughs> Dash a, don't got that. That's a new salt that they ain't hitting yet. It's and that's pain, okay. Pain equity salt. I love that salt. That's a, <laughs> that's a delicious salt. It's a tragically earned salt, but it tastes great. Okay, let me ask you this. Is this a theory that you feel like you discovered on your own? Was it handed down to you? Where do you think this came from? This just come from paying attention. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying? This come from just looking around like, oh, okay, this is where I'm from. This is what it is. This is like the facts. All the proof is there. Like, yeah, yeah, I could yeah. go back, I, like even like with the food, with sports, with fashion, with music, with everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it just the struggle is at the epicenter of the shit. Look at hip hop. Look at music. I'm from the yeah, Bronx. Okay, came from the Bronx. They wasn't trying to make no money out that shit. Right. It was just like like something. So they they didn't knock each other head off no more. Right. It was some dudes who were otherwise bored on a corner. Then deciding like, all right, well, we either fight about some shit and sort of like air our feelings out in a completely unhealthier way, or we just spit, we beatbox, we do whatever and like let that be the way that we are. Because it's, it's almost ourselves. too like, um, you know what the hood do too? We remix shit. So like, remember in the 70s, I believe in uh, the Bronx, it was like a lot of gangs and shit. Mm-hmm. So it was going crazy. And then they was like, they broke the gang violence up. 
So then the gang members started going into like, you know, getting into hip hop shit. Like gang members start right. doing graffiti, just rapping and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? But that shit came out of just nothing to fucking do. Yeah. And not having nothing. So like if you could come out and you could rhyme or you could paint or you could dance or you could DJ, it like superseded what you was going through. So that's why I think like too, like with the struggle, how it powers things, it's just like you trying to supersede whatever the struggle is with what you can do. Right. It's like, yo, I might be fucked up, but here's this chicken, no? Sure, sure, sure. You can't even buy that type of shit, you feel me? Right. So if I can somehow make something that is, in fact, better than my sad feelings, my sad feelings don't feel like sad feelings the same way they were before. Nah, because it's like living in the present almost. Like, yo, if you can make something good in the present right now, that shit is almost like not reality. Although it is, but for right now... You know, the pride of of rapping or doing whatever it was, you know, that shit came from, you know, broken glass everywhere, man. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) People pissing on the stairs like they just don't care. You know what I'm saying? I feel it. That shit was real. Think about that shit, yo. Broken glass everywhere, nigga. Like, they was just breaking bottles everywhere. Well, that's the thing. Is like so much of hip-hop, I think, now has been turned into a type of storytelling that isn't always rooted in a truth. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a game of telephone, right? That, like, when they were first rapping about those experiences, it literally was that experience because they were just doing it, right? It was just a lived experience that they wanted to share with the world. Whereas now it's like, okay, well, we've had generations of people talking about their lived experiences. So now I got to make some shit up based off of this old story that I've been hearing for generations. But the root of it, though, is still a struggle, though. You feel me? Because it's evolved. Obviously, it's always going to evolve. Shit's going to evolve. But where it came from, it's just a bunch of dudes, you know. That And then it's like, we mimic and remix. So I feel like it's almost like the, what's that, the West Side Story, but with black Mm -hmm. people and and Puerto Ricans in the Bronx, where it's like, niggas ain't talking about when you were jet to the end. Niggas is talking about uh, to the hip, the hop, the hippie, but it's the same fucking shit. We just add more sauce to our shit. I shit always, the hood makes shit fire, bro. Everything, everything you can think about, the struggle, poverty, make that shit. Cause we got no other, we wanna be seen. You know what I'm saying? That's the other shit. Like, we wanna be seen. So we know, like, yo, it's not gonna be the same if you come in with some fucking shoebop shit. Well, I think that you're hitting on something really important is that so much of this is about just visibility, right? That like the only true source for visibility is creation if they've stolen all of your other resources. Like if you don't allow me to have any sort of say in any other part of the way that like financial institutions and like education work, then my only way of existing, even in the world, in the grand scheme of the world, is to create something. And my creation has to somehow be better than the thing that you've deemed the best out in the world already. Or just different. A lot yeah. of the times it's because like that's the rebellious of going, oh, that's what y'all doing. This is what we going to do. So uh-huh. it, it almost makes you like, even like say hip hop, like it makes the traditional music fan when it comes out, it's, the niggas is angry. They don't want to hear this fucking hibbity gibberish shit. Right. They listening to Frank Sinatra, fucking Lou Rawls, all that, yeah. you know, all that type of <laughs> shit. Shoe bop, oobity bop, doo wop shit. And these motherfuckers coming out like, oh, you like, right. what the fuck is wrong with 
and they dancing differently. Niggas right, I was about to say <laughs> that had to be a devastating turn from like the white people were doing the fox trot. Do you know what I mean? Like they were doing a one two back and forth, and then suddenly a motherfucker came in and slid on his knees and and did a backflip, and you're like, all right, bro. Y'all ain't playing the same game we playing because I was over here foxtrotting. I was chilling. You think it's just doing moves, jumping on the floor, humping the floor, bro? Right. And then spinning on they fucking jerry curls, yo. These niggas was crazy. <laughs> Elvis became in the most famous man in the world because he was the first white man to use his pelvis. And who you know he stole mean? that from. And he stole it. That's my point. He who he stole, stole that from. from. From a bunch of poor people who were already using their pelvises. They've been it's, doing that. Yeah, it was already a thing. And it's like, okay, well, you either, like you said, you either find a way to make it different and create value from it, or you just don't exist. You become invisible in a society. That's it, bro. Got to make noise. Especially like, yeah, it's like, all right, well, fuck it. They don't want me. I'm going to do this my way, yeah. like the other way. And it's going to upset people. That's kind of like where I think a lot of it comes, not the upset people, but it's just a way to express yourself, you know? Hell yeah. All right, we're going to take a break and then we're going to be back with more PDD Ibrew and more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. 
You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we are back. supposed to schmeet his meat with this shit bro what the fuck and we're back here with more pity di bro more my mama told me we're still talking about the possibility that true happiness is birthed from the struggle from these things that we have to earn and not from these things that are simply handed to us we were sort of talking about the things getting stolen do you think that some of that plays its hand in the way that people define their happiness or define sort of like the goodness that comes out of the struggle? Uh, that shit sounded mad uh, scientifical. Can you rephrase that, please? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? I think I'm asking, like, there is real evidence that so much of what poor people and black people and brown people create is often stolen and reappropriated for a white audience, right? Do you think that that has its hand in how people are able to enjoy their creation? You're saying how white people can enjoy the thievery? Or how black people can enjoy what was stolen. Oh, damn, that's deep. I wish I knew the, the, like, the word to define that, yo. Because <laughs> like... That was like deep on mad different levels. Like, all right, so they yeah, stole it from through, us. Talk me through your thoughts. So let's say like hip hop, right? Yeah. Like, because like to me, I feel like that's the most, you know, hip hop is like, because it has so many different facets, whether it's fashion, art, all that shit is like, is under a hip hop umbrella. Yeah. So it's like, all right, it's a multi-billion dollar industry, right? Mm-hmm. Cool Herc, the person that invented hip hop. Right. The motherfucker is broke right he invented hip-hop he's broke it has nothing i mean he got probably a couple sandwiches and you know a few things no but you know what i'm saying (laughs) but nah it do make it easier because now it's like you know like imagine the first dudes that were rapping how did those deals even look Mm -hmm. it was like just the dude that seen some dude, they didn't even understand what rap was probably, but they was like, yo, these niggas is doing it for free. We put it out. Maybe we could like make some money. We right. give them 10%. We keep 90 and tell them we keeping it 100. And it confused and- these niggas. They was like, oh, what? 90, 10%, 100, what? I mean, that had up. So yeah, I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry, mister. Go ahead. But we enjoy the sweat and the pain and the blood of the pioneers. We, sure. get, to, we get to benefit off of the cool hercs or the people that didn't get any type of pay. To your point, I think what you're saying is that although a cool herc is now saying fuck the culture because of what the culture sort of left him with, there's a generation that follows him that then gets to enjoy the culture that he created and benefit from the culture that he created. And then also diss the past. Mm-hmm. You ever see like a young right. rapper? Like, I don't know that old nigga. These niggas is mad disrespectful. You know? Beep, beep, bop, ba-doo. Like, Fuck you. That ain't rap. Young it's niggas like, is uh... mad disrespectful too because you'd be like, tell them the whole story. Like, yo, they jerked them, whatever. He's like, shouldn't have been a dumb nigga then. 
Right. But you dumb? Yeah. Like, yo, <laughs> chill out, bro. Screw you. Right. Young dudes is disrespectful. Like, they would have known that it was dumb <laughs> in the exact circumstances that he was. The only reason you know it's dumb is because there are stories of a person making the wrong choice and then being punished for it. You know what happens, too? Like, the cycle is never really broken because it's always, like, that's what I'm saying, the struggle, bro. Even with that knowledge out there, there's still going to be a kid that's starving somewhere. That they right. say, yo, listen, you're going to look like this, you're going to say this, and you're going to get X amount of dollars. And people are going to be like, yeah. You know? Well, okay, so that brings me, I think, into some of the research that I unpacked in this or tried to unpack in this. And it connects directly, and I think hip-hop and jazz in a lot of ways in terms of Black American invention have a very clear relationship, right? And so I was looking up, like, where did jazz come from? And apparently... In 1895, a dude named Buddy Bolden starts a band where he basically is the first person to start playing live jazz music. And everybody's like, holy. Yeah. And they're like, holy shit, Buddy Bolden, this dude is great. And for years, he's like a cool dude on the scene. He's like underground, but he's fly. People fucking with it. They love jazz. But then there's all these people who claim that jazz wasn't, in fact, invented by Buddy Bolden. It was invented basically almost 20 years later in 1917 by this dude named Nick LaRocca, white dude. Nah, come on. Who went and made jazz and put it on record. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it, Buddy Bolden was doing some like cool shit with his friends and playing in clubs. But then Nick LaRocca like put that shit on wax. And now everybody's like, man, Nick LaRocca, that's the guy. He invented it. Fucked up. Yeah, it's real fucked up. And so it put me in a weird place with your conspiracy because it, it makes me feel like how much of this do we really get to enjoy when somebody comes in and usurps our cool shit. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. how much of that is still ours if Nick LaRocca it becomes the face of jazz music? Nah, but you know, the real ones know. My man Buddy. <laughs> feel me? Buddy Bolden. That's why, like, when you said that, I'm like, damn, I wonder what this nigga was going through in his life. Like, Buddy Bolden, right. when he came with the jazz, he... You know what I'm saying? He might have been down on his luck. He might have just came up. You know what I'm saying? He might have just got some tops, some buns or something. He might have just Dog. been with a shorty. You know what I'm saying? He was down on his luck. You know what I'm saying? Nigga, like, yo, pass me my fucking saxophone, bro. And he started playing some shit because he felt jazzy. You know what I'm saying? Nigga was imagine, like jazzy. Imagine how good you got to get your dick sucked for you to, to, to pick up a trumpet and start playing all the keys at once. Just wiling on that motherfucker because, hey, that's jazz, baby. You know what I'm that's saying? There's no sucking. method to the madness. It's just right. all it's all good. So that's like what he was on. And then, you know, my man, well, now he ain't even my man, but whatever his name is. Uh, <laughs> no, your dear friend, nah, Nick LaRocca. Nick, Nick LaRocca. See, he even tried to steal black people swag. Like, you know, LaRock uh -huh. used to be a big name back in the day. After <laughs> niggas say, yo, LaRock, Scott LaRock, you know, uh, Tot LaRock. This is always a LaRock, you know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. So he came, stole a whole vibe. From my mans and them, because he, you know, my man Buddy was just in the streets shaking shit up. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's like, hey, yo, Langston, meet me down at the corner, bring your sax. I got my trumpet. My man got the drums. And let's do what we like. Smoke some reefer or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some, some Chiba Chiba. <laughs> we you call it reefer because it's it's 1900, and that's, yeah. what, that's what it's called back then. Why you think, too, like, reefer madness? Niggas were smoking weed, doing the jazz music, and 
the white people that couldn't understand it, it was madness to them. It was like, what the fuck is this mania? Like, what is this crazy shit going on? Yep. It's like, yo, it's just our expression. It's not crazy. Right. And I do think that that is such a fascinating part of the way that it gets manipulated. Right. If we think about it in terms of like jazz and hip hop, they're both music that start off as sort of like this cool new invention with like a purity and an innocence to it. And then white people started calling it devilish. They started calling it evil in some sort of way by associating it with drugs and violence. And then once it becomes this sort of like weird debate about whether or not it's evil. They jump in and start making their own version of it, which is somehow more consumerable and safer for its audience. That's like, look at the WAP song, right? They just tried to ban the WAP song, bro. Right. They try. It's 2020. Niggas is dying from particles. Yeah. And they worrying about a, a wet ass pussy where it's like- right. Well, because a black woman and a Dominican woman had the notion to actually say what make the world happy. Let me be very clear. A wet ass pussy ain't hurting nobody. Never, Never once. Not Never. not in the history of man. Maybe a dry anyone, ass pussy, perhaps. A dry but ass not pussy a wet is, ass pussy. It's hurt a lot of feelings, <laughs> if nothing else. But a wet ass pussy, <laughs> it's done nothing but good work in the world, and there's no reason to ban that. And I understand if you're uncomfortable playing that around your children, but that's a conversation you need to have. That ain't got shit to do with those girls. And the WAP, that's how jazz was invented. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. my, man, but, my man Buddy has some WAP. <laughs> Hopped on that trumpet. You know what I'm saying? Said, boop, doop, 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 doop. Yeah, he, on, he felt something. I love that. Okay, so one of the things that I think I also found myself challenged by in your conspiracy theory, and challenged is a weighted word because it's not that I disagree with it, it's just I think there's complexity on the backside, right? Is that where does poverty come from specifically? And is it essential to the way that we live in society? And so I found this article that sort of lists off all of the benefits, quote unquote, benefits of poverty. And one of the things that they listed was, in fact, what you're saying, the invention of culture, the invention of the things that we celebrate. But then there's this other more devastating side of the list that I want to just go through with you and get your thoughts on as we go. Does that work? Absolutely. Hell yeah. OK, so one of the first benefits, quote unquote, that they say for poverty is like dirty work and domestic work for other people doing the dirty work that we as people in society don't want to do. Of course. I mean, even like for me, like, look, when I was hustling on the illegal side of things, if I need somebody to do a job for me, like a foul job, yeah, I'm going to holler at my man down the block that's starving. Right. <laughs> I'm not right. going to holler at the nigga that has shit to lose. Like, he's going right. to be like, yo... You, you work with somebody that has something to lose. As soon as the cops pull up on them, they like, I'll tell you everything. Right. Yo, I got to get back to my shit to lose. Like, I never wanted to be here, man. I will, I will give you all you need to know. Like a poor dude ain't never going to say, I just wanted to be down. Right. Poor dude's going to be like, yo, I just had to eat, man. You know what I'm saying? You heard the beginning of Juicy. The, all the people that call the cops, I was just trying to feed my daughter. He didn't yeah, say, yeah, yeah. I was just trying to cop a fucking Versace suit. <laughs> that came later. I was just trying to fit in with my friends. He nah. said, no, nah, I was hungry and my daughter was going to starve. That, absolutely, yo. That shit is a fact. Society definitely benefits off of um poor people. 
And so one of the things that they say in relation to sort of like the usage of domestic work and sort of this dirty work is the potential for upward mobility, that because someone is willing to do the dirty work in society, we create a hierarchy, right, where like because I'm not the one that picks the oranges, I am somehow now better than the person picking oranges and thus exist in a different kind of caste system, even though we won't call it that because we think we're better than that. You know what I mean? That's classism, bro. Exactly. That's like, yo, say you at a homeless shelter, right? Mm-hmm. Even at the homeless shelter, this is one dude or one person that thinks that like, yo, they're above the other homeless person. Dog. It's like, yo, why- he's like, yo, my ass stink. Yeah. But at least I don't smell like ass. You know, like, right. what the fuck does right. that even mean? I'm you, like, my yeah, feet stink, I, hey. but at least I don't smell like feet. You're like, what? <laughs> hey, I made my bed. I'm better than this shit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be all right. And it's like, no, I'm y'all. organized. You're like, what? Yeah, we do that on every level. It's not just like a homeless thing, right? Like, no, nah, every level. I'm just it's saying people, it's like showing you how low it could go, like all the way exactly. to the top. Like, yeah. But it's the people who live in a suburban neighborhood and want their lawn to look better than the person they live next to. Y'all basically share the same space. Or like in the hood, like, yo, boom. We all live in the same building, but I'm going to get a car that you don't have, or I'm gonna get some shoes, sneakers that you don't got, or I'm gonna get something and then I'm gonna look at you like, you basic, you know what I'm saying? Right. Cause that shit, whatever's going on, it fortified my ego, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. In the time. And so, so that's, that's what it is. That takes me into something that they also say is that a benefit of poverty is something called moral distancing, which is basically this argument that we are able to create hierarchies through the way that we associate morality in poor people that like poor people are thought to be less moral than rich people like you as a poor person are going to commit more crimes or be more likely to sell drugs or do something violent and therefore it allows us to not only distance ourselves from the people who are morally less than but also not feel bad when we don't provide them with resources. It's like, oh, y'all were acting up, so fuck it. I ain't going to give you money. I'm not going to help you out. Nah, because, you know, it's crazy because, you know, the systematic shit is like they set us up to lose, you feel me? Uh-huh. So it's like, it's like what we were saying earlier. Like, of course, the nigga with nothing to lose is going to go risk everything. You know what I'm saying? Even me, I used to be that guy. Like, I used to be the guy, like, I'll, I'll risk everything because it doesn't seem like a brighter future is around the corner. That was always the logic. Right. Like, I'm gonna say 90% of the people doing dirt is like, that's part of the, that's the logic. It's like, yo, ain't nothing else. What's my other option? Exactly. A lot of the times through the poverty that I'm talking about, it's like, it's a state of mind. Mm-hmm. It's even beyond your financial situation or whatever that is, material situation. It's about the way you think. Right. You know what I'm saying? So if you think things can't get you poor mentally, like you're poor, you're going to stay poor until you end up dead or in jail. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that also is something they sort of like uh, dig into, although not, I think, as sharp as you're making it. But they say that poor people sort of bear the brunt of social disruptions, right? So anytime some shit happens out in the world and they decide to change a law around something or they decide, coronavirus, great example. They decide that like, okay, the pandemic kicked in and everybody needs to go quarantine inside. Poor people are the ones that suffer from that. Their jobs get taken away first. They're the ones who are being policed most intensely 
for the things that are happening instead of the rich people who are probably doing the exact same shit that poor people are. But poor people, like you said, are trapped in not only a social locking, but also like a mental locking of like, okay, well, now you took away the one thing that I had. What the fuck am I supposed to do? And then it's like, yo, the worst shit too, it's like, yo, you take away the jobs, you take away all these things and then you leave us together. So even when there was like looting and shit and niggas like, yo, I can't believe they're looting. Like the undertones of the looting was not only that, you know, people are tired, but people are poor. Yeah. Niggas was stealing bread, bro. Like niggas wasn't just stealing fucking sneakers and clothing. Like people right. were stealing food. You know what yeah. I'm saying? People were stealing from the supermarket. Yeah. Because it's like people stealing formula for the kids. Like it wasn't just, you know, of course they'll only show like, oh, this person stole a TV or some shit, but there's people actually like, I'm gonna take this TV and hopefully I can sell it so I can have money. A motherfucker with a with a PS4 under his arm is better television than a dude with like uh three loaves of bread and some bologna. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like next clip is right, terrible. <laughs> John, what are you doing? Get the helicopter footage on this motherfucker over here with the Jordans. We don't want to see this. Yo, that's what it is, bro. Like, yeah, niggas are set up to lose. And then on top of that, yo, we going to go in on each other. Uh-huh. Like, that's just how it is. Like, I still be in the hood. Like, I still be like, I got to walk a certain way. I got to be a certain way. I got to vibe a certain way, like, just to feel, like, comfortable. Yeah. Because I understand what's going on. Like, Niggas is on drugs to ease the pain a lot of the times. People mm -hmm. is just like, it's bugged the fuck out. These are times that people haven't experienced before, especially like poor people. We always been poor, and now it's like insult to the injury. Right. No solution. It's a little extra seasoning on poverty that no one wanted. No one was, everybody was like, hey, I get poverty. I know what it tastes like. This is fine. And then they were like, and we have a new flavor. And like, nah, I don't need this. Shit got I'm droplets good. on it. It came with the right. Parmesan virus droplets on niggas. <laughs> so I just sprinkle that on there. Would Yo, you like a little more droplets? Like, the no, worst shit too, bro, is like New York City, bro. Like you out west. So like we open on some like niggas is on the train, bro. Like people on the train right now, like. And you know New York, bro, like, not right. everybody's got the right amount of scruples going on. So these no. motherfuckers, on every train car, you're going to look and see, like, three people with no masks on, just raw mouth in it. Like, and they yo. want you to say something. They waiting for you to, to be like, hey, why you ain't got a mask on? So yo, it could turn into something else. I seen a dude do something so disrespectful the other day. Not only did he have on a mask, yo, he yawned mad. Like, he was like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, you can't be... This is your yawns hit different now, bro. This shit is not the same, bro. Like that's a I wish a bitch would say <laughs> some yawn, and and I'm gonna test it. I'm gonna see if one of y'all got the chutzpah to nah, to say something said to me nothing. right now. Nah, Everybody put their head shit. down because they were trying to avoid them <laughs> droplets to the eyes, so they just put their head down. Like, but nah, that's poor people shit, bro. Like, I got this theory too. Like, all right, there's a couple of type of people that don't wear masks, yo. Either one, it's like you just don't give a fuck about anything or anybody mm -hmm. and like you got nothing to lose or you a conspiracy theorist as far as you don't believe that the virus is a thing yeah which is insane to me but you know those are the two type of people the people that have absolutely nothing like what the fuck do i have to lose and i yeah. don't care about anybody else you know what i'm saying 
Right. I think ultimately what I landed on in thinking about your conspiracy theory is I do think that you're absolutely correct that like poverty does create culture. It does sort of create the waves that society then goes on to celebrate and follow. But the scary part is how much of this is being constructed and maintained by a wealth class, by like the capitalist society. All of it. Exactly. 99.9% of it. They are literally creating lists of reasons why it's beneficial to have certain people be poor and certain people be rich so that, you know, they can create like they want a bunch of people in the hood to come up with new dance moves so that they can then appropriate it and sell it on fucking TikTok whenever they be no TikTok without the hood, bro. Absolutely not. Technically, China, but also the hood. I, but it wouldn't, yo. That's why. But I, what I said, we add sauce to everything. Exactly. We we made hip hop music. It was already music, music. But we yeah. took our own spin on it. So it's like, oh, you do TikTok, boom, Kiki. Do you love me? Right. Are you writing? Yeah. Come on, bro. Even Drake, he made a song. He didn't know a hood nigga was gonna come and make a whole dance and the shit go viral no. like that. Shit, nigga, my nigga Shiggy. He's Shiggy and, out here. And Shiggy. Shiggy wasn't even going to get credit until the internet sort of like came in and was like, hey, bro, you should probably uh, do something for him because he kind of made you pop in a way that you weren't supposed to. And that's Drake. Drake was supposed to be decent. It's a literally a capitalist structure. It's people intentionally creating a wealth gap for their own benefit. Why do people say most people's best albums is their first albums? Because niggas is hungry when they make them first albums. Mm -hmm. Niggas is like, this shit is like, like this is everything. This is like, if this don't work, I'm going to starve my family. So, of course, that body of work is going to be crazy. Like, oh, you put your whole life into that. But then right. once you get that bag, you come back and you like, not saying you won't be good, but it ain't going to have that same no, I think, struggle I think seasonings. Rap doesn't sound as good in between mimosas. Do you know nah. what I mean? Like, the mimosas, <laughs> they've they fuck up your throat a little bit and they make it so the hip hop ain't as hip as it yeah, should be. You nah, know what I mean? Yeah, your shit too soft now. Like the, the Yeah. <laughs> I can hear strawberries in your throat. I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take one more break and we'll be back with more PD Diablo and more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. 
You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man, Marie's a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, my God. We're back here with more PDD Brew and more My Mama Told Me. We're still talking about that sick, sick, sinister shit that capitalism does in keeping us poor and letting us service their needs so that they can sell our shit. TikToks and other websites that will probably be invented very soon, I assume, they'll come up with some new shit, right? This ain't, TikTok's not the last one. They gonna come up with a struggle tracker app. <laughs> like, you know how they got the step tracker? They gonna come up with the struggle tracker so they can see how many steps it takes to create some fly shit from the struggle. Right. They gonna it's be like, like oh, a... you gotta struggle five years before you come out with a fucking Illmatic. You're like, what? It's like a, a Malcolm Gladwell study of like 10,000 hours before you can make something yeah. dope. 20,000 hours of struggle, yo, and then you'll be ready to be a savant, nigga. <laughs> you got to eat 18 peanut butter sandwiches in one night before. <laughs> nah, but yeah, yo, even fashion, bro, not real quick, like fashion. Like, imagine niggas got rips in their jeans. That came from a nigga with rips in his jeans. That's crazy. And that's... <laughs> Uh, I was talking to somebody about this. There's a, a brand of shoes now that they sell pre-dirtied. They're like scuffed up and sort of meant to look like they're worn in. And they're like they sell for hundreds and maybe thousands of dollars because people want exactly what you're saying. The appearance of somebody who has earned a look. You know what I mean? Think about the white girl like this. Is, I don't know how it is in L.A. There's a trend. I don't know if it's just in New York, but there's like a trend with the white shorties, right? Yeah. The white girls, they, they wear white Air Force Ones. Yeah, them shits look like they just got them from like a homeless person. Yeah, you know, like, them shits look like when they buy them and they all white. They just like you know where the escalator stairs, when, uh, when, and, like the bottom of the escalator stairs, where, like they just hold them on that up. shit. Yeah, like they hold it on the bottom and just let all the stairs just re- like go across them. Like yeah, and in in the hood, that's sacrilegious, bro. You like, would never. white Air Force when niggas is like trying to preserve them shits as long as they can, bro. So Dog. we invented a vibe. 
And they came, took it, and made it some whole other shit, bro. Even this ugly sneaker shit, right? Like, all this fad of people being like, ah, I want my sneakers to look big and clunky. It's uh, appropriating that experience of, like, when you were a kid, if you didn't have shoes, somebody older than you gave you their shoes, and the shits didn't fit. So they were big and clunky on your feet. And now people are using hand-me-down clothing, recycled clothing, as, like, a fashion statement. hand-me-down culture. It's wild. It's it's fucking nuts. And we we should blow up a building. I don't know. That's where I'm at. Some big clunky shoe store needs to explode because this is too much. I just got off uh, probation last year, so I, I'm, I'm not going to agree with this. You know what I'm saying? If anything happens, I had nothing to do with it. You know what I'm saying? You heard it here first. It's just me. I'm the only one that wants to blow up a building. Petey's going to snitch on me. I think that's the end nah, of the Nah, I never right would snitch now. on nobody, man. You kidding me, bro? I can't say all that fly shit and then rat, nigga. That just nullifies anything I ever believed in or said. That's some fancy words for a snitch. I know one of motherfuckers about to snitch on me. All right, let's play a game. This is a fun game uh, that I like to call Homemade Hotel. Homemade Hotel, this is the game. I will present to you a traditional fact, a well-known fact in the world. And what I would like for you to do is hotep that shit. Really break it down. Give me the conspiracy underneath this fact. Let me understand what am I not seeing. Connect the dots for me, Petey, if, if that makes sense. Heard you. All right. So apparently... So far in the world, only two diseases have been successfully eradicated, like fully wiped off of the planet. The two diseases are smallpox and rinderpest. What was the second one? Rinderpest? Rinderpest. I don't know what rinderpest is. I know smallpox. Uh, My question for you, why are those two diseases the only two diseases that have been wiped off the planet? I mean, smallpox, you already know who eradicated the smallpox. That had to be like George Washington Carver or another black man. You feel me? Because one, we don't really fuck with pox if it ain't two pox. You feel me? <laughs> two, see how we still got chicken pox because we fucks with chicken. You feel me? We fucks we with chicken. We gotta let that go. But we don't do nothing small, everything big. You know what I'm saying? Like if it was... If it was big pox, niggas should still, still be here, but we got to get rid of the small pox and yep. just keep the chicken pox. You feel me? Hell yeah. AKA big pox. Big pox. And then the rind, rind, what is it, rind disease? Rinder pest. Rinder pest. So if anybody know anything, the rind is what's in the watermelon. That's the base of the, the uh. watermelon, right? So now, if there's a pest, you feel me? A pe- you know what's my favorite word since uh, 2020? Farrakhan said it in his address on, uh, what was that, Independence Day, where he said, a pestilence. Yo, when it's a pestilence. <laughs> yo, you call Trump a pestilence. Yo, he said, when there's a pestilence in the system. <laughs> so when there's a pestilence in the, in the rind of the mm-hmm. watermelon, now there ain't no watermelon. Got to right. get rid of that. You got to get, get rid of that. Of How are we going to enjoy that delicious treat? If you got the pest in there. Like, if they put the Rona in the rind of a watermelon, Rona would have been gone by now. We would have figured something out. We would have got rid of the pestilence. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was genius. I, I loved it. called motherfucking bars, nigga. Fucking, you know nothing about it. <laughs> spitting that real shit. I love it. This breaks it all down for I'm me. I'm just trying to bring you the truth, my brother. You know what I'm saying? You can't. You called on me. I'm going to come through, man. 
and you showed the fuck up. What a great time. Petey, can you tell the people where they can find you, what cool shit you got going on, all that? Yo, you can find me on the gram, you know what I'm saying? I'm on mm -hmm. the gram, PD's jokes, PD, like D as in dog and E-E-Z, and then jokes. You can find me there. Um, other than that, catch me in New York City, man. I ain't leaving because they're telling me I got to quarantine if I leave and then I come back. So I said I might as well just stay here. Right. Or I'm going to places like on the East Coast, Northeast. So if you're in the Northeast, holla at me. If you want Animal Crossing, come through my island. Check me out. <laughs> uh, send me your friend code. Friend request me. We lit. If you, I'm, I'm single too, so if any ladies is out there, you know what I'm saying? I want to just hoffer or, you know, and I'm mad that I'm a consensual dude. I'm a man of 24. I'm a man of the nap. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not a violator. You know, I'm not one of these sexual predators. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Your boy is just here to spread love. So if you want some of that PD love, holla at me. You know what I'm saying? And man. that's about it, bro. Damn, that was beautiful. You, you <laughs> learned, we learned so much. Check PD out online. Check PD out live. Check PD out on the internet, on Animal Crossing. And most importantly, check PD out in some consensual sex that he's offering up, ladies, if you're out there. I ain't there say sex. Or like conversation, you know. Consensual nah, yeah. conversation. There that, we go. That, you know, what you, it leads where it leads. We'll say that. Wherever it goes, the arms are raised. It's on you, baby girl. Hey. But it's consensual. Absolutely. Well, this is great. As always, follow me at Langston Kerman and feel free to like and subscribe to the podcast if that makes you horny, if that's what you're into. I'd love that. That's consensual on my end. And uh, if you have any drops that you would like to send us, artwork, ideas, conspiracy theories that you want to record on your phone and send my way that we could potentially play in an episode, please send those to mymamapod at gmail.com. Bye. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Clam comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. 
Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.